Hello and welcome to Project Between, a podcast about third culture kids and their experiences growing up between many cultures. I'm your host Hannah and today we'll be traveling to Central Asia. My guest today is half Korean or Koreaine and half Kazakh. And when I approached her for this interview and asked her if she considers herself a third culture kid, she replied that she sometimes feels like she belongs nowhere in particular. And I knew immediately that we were in the same territory and that she had to come on the show. So it's so nice to see you again. Welcome to the show, Maya. Uh, nice to see you too, Hannah, and hear you as well, since we are on podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's been a while since we've seen each other. Yeah, it was before the pandemic. Um, and it's really, really, it's a pleasure just for me <laughs> to see you uh, and being my host um, and talking about this kind of very important topic. Why I think this is important because I nowadays see more and more um, third culture kids or just kids, even like fourth culture kids um, nowadays. Yeah, and it also helps me to reflect a little bit on my own experience. So, yeah, I think it's really important to talk about it. Oh, yeah, thanks for saying that. And um, I'm, yeah, I was really excited preparing the questions for this interview because. Uh, We obviously met in, it feels like another lifetime. (laughs) A lot has happened since then. But um, yeah, I I have had a chance to interview you on camera and like for articles and things. But it was always in the context of like Korean culture and how you came to love Korea and so on. So I never really got to hear much about your Kazakh side or um, yeah, the country that you grew up in so yeah I think I think yeah Central Asia to me is is uh one of those places that I've never been to that I've always wanted to visit and I think when we were exchanging texts I told you that I've always felt this like familiarity with like Central Asian people yeah and (laughs) yeah I mean obviously we're very different it's a very different culture but yeah, I feel this closeness. And so I think, yeah, talking to you today, asking you these questions, maybe will solve this mystery that I have <laughs> about why I feel this kinship. And so, yeah, uh, without further ado, why don't we start with the TCK questionnaire and I will ask you any additional questions I have along the way. Okay. All right, so uh, the first question is uh, your name and nationality. Yeah, so hello, everyone. <laughs> Again, uh, I am Maya Lee. Um, yeah, I'm originally from Kazakhstan, but my nationality is um, kind of healthy. <laughs> I'm half Kazakh, half Korean, although Korean means Koryoin. Koryoin are Korean descendant people who were violently deported from Korea to Central Asian territories in 37 citizens of uh, Central Asian countries, uh, in my case, Kazakhstan. Yeah. So this is who I am, I guess. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And where were you born? 
I was born in Kazakhstan in a really small village, um, which I've never visited myself actually in my um, adult adulthood. And um, yeah, I was raised in like several places because my parents used to move uh, from there to here, and uh, ended up living in Korea right now <laughs> in my um, ancestors' uh, motherland. Somehow, yeah. Mm. What is the name of the city that you grew up in? Uh, it's a small town, actually. It's not a city. Um, it's a small town near the uh, capital, which is called Adbasar, uh, which literally means um, the bazaar where they sell horses. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I love that. Are there actually horses, <laughs> a lot of horses there? Oh yeah, um, it's one of the countries where horses are loved, um, cherished, even I can say, but also uh, eaten because <laughs> uh, Kazakhs eat horses. Oh, so I've actually tried uh, eating horse meat, um, and this was in oh, Mongolia. Really? Yeah, oh. yeah, and I I actually liked it. It was in Mongolia. I tried it as like a shabu shabu, <laughs> and. Yeah, it was. I'm. Yeah, I didn't find it too different from beef. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I I hear this kind of opinion similar to yours. Uh, although they say in Korea, in Jeju Island, the horse meat is so much different and expensive <laughs> as well. Oh, I see. Oh, so I've never tried it in Jeju. So yeah, maybe it me is too. Different. Me too. I just heard. Yeah, so I don't really know. I have to compare myself, I think. Ah, okay. So when you were growing up, did you uh, learn to ride horses? Is that something that kids do in Kazakhstan? Well, uh, in small villages, I think they still do. Yeah, if they their family have horses, for example. Uh, but since I lived in a town, even though it was a small town, uh, no, I just tried riding it like once or twice. Um, it's not easy <laughs> I can say yeah um, so I, I don't really ride horses <laughs> oh, okay um, so the next question is uh, in which countries did you grow up uh, I think it's primarily Kazakhstan for you so uh, if you can sort of tell us where you went to uh, each stage of your schooling college and beyond yeah, yeah. Most of my life, uh, for the most part, I was living in Kazakhstan, um, raised. So I think my cultural background more Spanish, uh, but also influenced um, Russian uh, mostly because I'm speaking Russian uh, language. So I was studying um, Russian. I mean, it's my mother mother language, mother tongue. So I my school education was done in Russian and further on yeah I started learning English as well because it's a language of globalization right um, yeah and uh, since that time I think it became more um, a little bit different for me culturally wise uh, because I started like talking to other people um, <laughs> from uh, different countries and also had like some internships and study abroad um, in Europe, Slovakia 
Um, so yeah, I've been there for, uh, I mean, one semester, like half of the year. Yeah. And they don't really speak English, but uh, still <laughs> it was our language of communication at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, Israel. Yeah. I was studying a little bit in Israel. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was actually thinking of doing my PhD, master's and PhD there. But after also one semester, I think um, I kind of changed my mind uh, and decided to go back to Kazakhstan. Not because it's a bad country or something like that. People were all so nice. Everything was great, especially uh, my university, um, the biggest university in the country. Uh, It was brilliant. Yeah, but I just realized I need something else in my life. So I just, yeah, went back to Kazakhstan. And then Korea, um, the country where I did my master's and where I'm still living and having my family now. Yeah. Oh, wow. I So I was aware of the Kazakhstan bit and the, the master's in Korea bit, but I didn't know that you'd been in Israel for quite a while uh so so why what made you decide to yeah buy that plane ticket to come and study in korea because i think it sounds like up until then you didn't really have a lot to do with korea or korean culture right um of course part of me uh is korean since my dad is korean uh yeah so i think since my childhood, I was really interested, curious, uh, curious about Korean culture and Korea. But I couldn't really learn a lot from my dad because my dad is like a person who was born and raised in Soviet Union. So I think his culture was more like Soviet-ish. Mm-hmm. Although he reminiscent that when he was a, a child, he only spoken uh, Korean. But then... I don't know, somehow forgotten, yeah. Uh, yeah, and so I needed some answers, I think. Um, I needed um, some bread <laughs> to, uh, to, have, to learn about Korean culture. And yeah, first I went to Korea in 2015, mm-hmm. uh, just for two weeks uh, as a part of a camp, international camp. Uh, where I was representing Kazakhstan uh-huh. as a national leader of Kazakhstan, yeah. Um, and it was fun. Yeah, it was so much exciting. Uh, everything was, like, really well organized. As you know, like, Koreans always so good in, like, organizing events. Yeah, so we visited, like, Jeju and uh, Panju and Chonju and, yeah, Seoul. And it was really great. And I realized I'm so much in love with Korea so when I went back to Kazakhstan, I started learning Korean mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, from the beginning, yeah, Hangar and yeah, all, all this stuff. Um, but then um, with time, I kind of, mm, I don't know, I, I was just doing my work, um, kind of routine and everything then uh, kind of left no space for Korea in my mind at that time. But then uh, suddenly uh, my Kusuni, Korean language uh, teacher, she called me once and I was having like a lunch break 
<laughs> company lunch break and she called me and she was I remember that you're really interested in you were really interested in like the masters in Korea I was like yeah 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 and she you know there is this kind of scholarship you should apply and yeah I tried applying not even thinking that I could get and yeah somehow <laughs> I just um got the uh the scholarship and should I go and do my master's in Korea or not? Because, I don't know, time passed. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't really thinking of Korea that much uh, anymore. And even my parents were kind of against it. Oh. Uh, I was really surprised. Yeah, when Korea, they were like, for what? Uh, you don't even speak this language. Why? Um, yeah, these kind of things. Um, and I... Yeah, I was thinking. So I think um, uh, I went to Korea. I took my flight at the end of August when the semester was starting at the beginning of September, you know. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, I was like still thinking, should I or shouldn't? Um, yeah, luckily at first we had just language courses and it was fun again. <laughs> so then... Um, yeah, just gradually I decided to stay here to do my master's. And yeah, I can say it was kind of hard because I still didn't really speak Korean well at that time, but mm. it was fun at the same time. Yeah. Mm. Um, just learning new things, meeting new people. Yeah, it right. was nice. Well, I mean, you've mentioned throughout that, you know, language was an issue uh, for you coming back to Korea. So, yeah, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, what what languages did you speak at home with your parents and with your siblings, if you have any? Yeah. Uh, well, I think this is actually the most, uh, the biggest maybe part of my cultural background, mm-hmm. speaking languages, right? Uh, as for many other cultural kids. Um so um, in our household, we speak Russian to each other, since my mom and dad speak Russian to each other. Uh, and um, my mom speaks Kaza, so I do speak Kaza as well. Uh, but it's not my first language. It's my second language, which I learned from school, mm-hmm. mostly from then from my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For for better or for worse, <laughs> yeah. And English, yeah, obviously. And uh, Korean uh, nowadays, uh, intermediate. So, it's, yeah, probably. Um, I can't say I speak Korean now. <laughs> okay, so it sounds like growing up, you didn't speak Korean with your parents or at school or anywhere really. No. Uh, and also touching one of the questions which you sent me uh, about um, the Korean communities mm-hmm. in my childhood. Unfortunately, in my small town, we didn't have any. So I think I was one or two Korean people in my school. Yeah. Uh, one oh, of wow. yeah, two, two, maybe, or I just mean, I don't really remember uh, that well now. Uh, yeah. And no Korean people around me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I grew up uh, just being friends with Russians, Kazakhs, and like some German people or Ukrainian people who are uh, 
who also were born um, in Kazakhstan, like mm-hmm. me. So, um, yeah, so, well, it wasn't really easy <laughs> to learn Korean at that time. And as I told you, my dad didn't really speak Korean mm-hmm. to us. Does your dad identify strongly with his Korean side or is he like pretty much culturally Russian or, or like Soviet, like you said? It's kind of hard to actually identify, I think, because of course he knows he's Korean. He, but he also was born in Kazakhstan. He is Korean. Um, he spoke Korean when he was a child. Um, he knows like Korean traditions, uh, but he was living um, apart from his family for a long time uh, since his university, I think. Uh, and mostly uh, he became friends with Kazakh people and my mom is Kazakh. So since he got married, they got married, they kind of their lifestyle changed and the traditions and the rituals they they have, they do it are mostly Kazakh. <laughs> so okay. um, I think these days he's more Kazakh than my mom. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, uh, uh, he... He doesn't really speak Kazakh, but he understands everything. Uh, but the way he, like the food he prefers, the the way he actually behaves, <laughs> I think it's more Kazakh than my mom nowadays. <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, when you see uh, Korean people in documentaries, obviously they are going to interview people who speak a little bit of Korean or maybe like make some form of kimchi at home, that kind of stuff. But uh, listening to your story, it sounds like, uh, I mean, for your dad especially, he was very much integrated into, you know, Kazakh society. His wife is Kazakh. And so, yeah, I mean, when, when you said earlier that you came to Korea looking for an answer, um, yeah, I mean, I can see how complicated that must be be because half of you is Korean technically but culturally and just in terms of everything else yeah you're you're Kazakh and I'm I'm sure as a kid it was kind of harder to sort of grapple with that oh well I think when I was a kid like really kid kid uh maybe elementary school kid maybe even middle school kid um, I haven't really thought about this a lot, or maybe I just don't remember that much mm-hmm. that well. Um, yeah, but I think I haven't really thought about this because, yeah, um, just obviously we didn't have any Korean people around us. And, um, yeah, people I was growing with, um, just like Russian and Kazakh, and yeah, I do know their culture pretty well, so there was no problem at all for me to like communicate engage with them mm-hmm. um later on yeah maybe yeah maybe middle school and high school um when yeah when my identity was like forming <laughs> um yeah i think at that time i started really asking myself i know i am korean at least i have this like family name <laughs> mm-hmm. and people actually think of me as Korean because of this family name again and because because of my eyes actually yeah because of my um, appearance uh, some features people always could 
just easily say that I'm Korean. Mm-hmm. Um, even though um, nowadays in Korea, people say that I look um, Korean and Kazakh. Uh-huh. Like or or just Kazakh because of my eyes. I don't know, but anyway, uh, at that time it was. Um, I just always heard from people that yes, I'm Korean. I look like Korean, and this kind of questions were trying to irritate me. Uh, like, can I speak something to them in Korean? Or yeah, uh, or is like I don't know. Jetly is my <laughs> relative or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the the sad thing was that I couldn't really say anything in Korean to them. Mm-hmm. I couldn't really reply. I couldn't really tell much about my Korean side. So yeah, it was pretty much sad at that time. Um, other than that, I don't think I had some problems. And uh, you mentioned something about kimchi, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, we do kimchi at home. Oh, you do. <laughs> Yeah, we do kimchi at home. And my mom actually can cook Korean food because she learned it from my dad. Mm -hmm. So And she likes Korean food a lot. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think the food aspect, we, um, in terms of food, we are Korean. (laughs) Because my mom likes Korean food a lot, yeah. Interesting. Wait, so so I'm I'm going to skip ahead a bit and uh, ask you the comfort food question. Do you have a go-to comfort food? Mm, well, it's my Kazakh food actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's horse meat. Um, and since here in Korea, it's really hard to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's it became even more uh, like a comfort food for me. Um, yeah, because I only can eat it in. Kazakhstan, back in Kazakhstan, and yeah, and also nowadays it's not really uh, Kazakh or Korean food, which I crave when I need some comfort. It's uh, international avocado salmon toast. <laughs> yeah, that that is very comforting, though avocado salmon toast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, the the Kazakh uh, horse meat dish does it have a name? Like, how is it prepared? Yeah, it has a name. Uh, it's Beshparmak, which is literally uh, five fingers. Yeah, so you're supposed to eat it with your uh, fingers, with your uh, hands. Oh. Uh, yeah, and it's a horse meat. You boil it, uh, then you put some like spices and a little bit. Um, and then you at the end you add some of the like big noodles. Um, yeah, like sujebi kind of noodles. Okay. Yeah, and you boil it, and then you serve it with like some boiled onion and spices. And depending on the area of Kazakhstan, some people add potatoes, some people add something else. Yeah, and even some people in the western part they do it um, with fish instead of meat, but it's not really common. Yeah. Okay. Um, usually it's horse meat or um, lamb. Yeah, lamb is also good. Ah, okay. So, so it's a kind of stew or soup? Oh, no, it's not a soup. Oh. Um, it's, um, how do I call it? It's, yeah, it's just noodles, which you boil without kumul, without like soup. And you put it in like a really big dish and put the meat on top. Ah, okay. I'm going to have to look it up. I've, yeah, 
never heard of it before. Uh, yeah, you should maybe. Yeah, I think my explanation wasn't really that uh, correct, so you should look at it for. Mm, and and this is not something that you can get. This is not something you can get in Korea. In Dongdaemun, there is a Russian and Kazakh and other Central Asian countries mart. Yeah, so you can actually get horse meat uh, sausage or horse meat salami, I think, there. But I don't think it's the same taste. And it's also expensive. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, I used to actually get it from Kazakhstan, uh, horse meat with me. But then one time I got cut from um, the airport mm. uh, with a <laughs> talk. <laughs> Um, so nowadays, I, and I paid some fine. So nowadays, I don't really try. Oh no! Yeah, I, I was wondering if there was a restaurant, a good one, maybe in Dongdaemun. I'd go try it, but by the sounds of it, it's very hard to get. Um, I guess they have some good restaurants there, but I'm not sure about horse meat. Mm. The the restaurant that I've gone the most to is a uh, Samarkand in Dongdaemun. Right, right. But I don't know if that's Kazakh food, really. I think it's Uzbek food yeah. or more like a Central Asian yeah, yeah. food. Yeah, mm. yeah. Because these are lots of um, dishes which we share mm-hmm. uh, in this, like Central Asian countries. Uh, yeah, but towards meat, I don't think so. <laughs> Probably mm. not. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, let me backtrack a bit then and ask you the the language question. Uh, so you said you speak Russian, Kazakh, English, and now Korean. But yeah. uh, what language do you dream in? And what language do you swear in? Uh, this is like really funny because I think I dream in Russian, speak in Russian, obviously. Um yeah, but I swear in English. <laughs> oh. I don't know why. Yeah, it's just easier for me. <laughs> um, um, and I think in comparison to English, Russian has more swear words. Mm-hmm. But they all really sound to me so much rude and, and unspeakable that I don't really use them. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I imagine it's kind of fun to swear in Russian. It's like, you know. It is, yeah. Actually, my husband likes to swear in uh, Russian uh, sometimes. Uh, Wants to, like, make this kind of impression, like, strong impression. Uh Uh, The funny thing is my dad actually can swear in Kazakh when he also kind of really angry. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know what this thing is actually when you swear in a um, different language from your mother language but I think it just makes things more easier <laughs> just to use some other languages uh, swear words I don't know <laughs> yeah it makes sense but I did want to ask you is your husband also Kazakh? no he is Korean like Korean Korean oh <laughs> really? Korea. oh yeah. Uh, yeah, so my kid now is just, um, how many, 25% Kazakh only, I think. Oh my goodness. So you speak to your husband in Korean then? Uh, we started speaking English when we just met. And we were 
still talking English before I came here because <laughs> it was just easier for us because my uh, husband speaks really good English mm-hmm. he uh, were studying in New Zealand for some time okay so even his accent is like really New Zealandish so okay. yeah <laughs> uh, but nowadays since I'm trying to practice Korean more uh, yeah I'm trying to speak Korean more <laughs> it's not really easy for me but yeah oh yeah I don't know why I assumed he was Uh, from Kazakhstan as well but oh that's that's really interesting so yeah you you came to Korea for answers and found yourself a Korean husband oh well it wasn't really my plan (laughs) to be honest I was thinking of going back after my master's Mm. Uh, but that's how we met and yeah (laughs) nowadays I I actually don't know how much I'm, how many um, years I'm going to stay here. I'm not mm-hmm. planning to stay here for the rest of my life. Um, but this period of time, I think I just need to be more with my Korean side um, mm-hmm. and with my Korean family now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, uh, you mentioned that your your little boy, your son is a quarter Korean now, 25%. Um, but what about for you? So I have this question about identity and what percentage you think uh, you attribute to each of the places you've lived in or that you're from. So what about you, Maya? What's your percentage of Koreanness and everything else? Well... Before, when I was living in Kazakhstan, I thought, yeah, I'm 50-50. Because, yeah, um, in fact, my dad is Korean, my family. So, yeah, it just must mean that I am Korean, um, 50%. But coming to Korea, I realized that um, I am almost 100% Kazakhstan. In everything I do or think of, yeah, because mm. um, yeah, just my background is like completely Kazakh, and even my friends, they we just share the same like cultural values, which are also Kazakhstani, or even if they're Russians or any other nationalities, still we have like this common um, Kazakh background, or at least we know um, uh, these cultural things from. Uh, culture but Korean culture I was like really surprised with many things mm-hmm. I even had to ask my um, Korean um, like Korean peers uh, in my cultural like language courses about some things because um, you were surprised right Anna, that in my family we don't really do like Korean culture things mm-hmm. <laughs> don't really support our Korean side but in other families um, Korean families uh, in Kazakhstan they actually do so uh, I had to ask them what is this and what is that or how do you do this so you're talking about like traditional holidays and things traditional holidays and just like everyday routines and like Mm -hmm. stuff Um, and I think um, Korean communities in like big cities they are more powerful. They definitely have um, like people who really support Korean culture and Korean language since maybe um, last few decades. Uh, but yeah, since my last um, 
Megalas, but since my uh, small town was not really Korean, not Korean friendly, but there were no Koreans at that time, so um, I wasn't really. Uh, exposed to Korean culture or tradition. So I really had to ask, what is this? How do you do this? Um, how it was in your house? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah um, I mean, I think you're touching upon uh, some very interesting points, which is the fact that I think there's a difference between ethnically identifying with a culture and actually feeling a part of the culture because like I think for like Korean Americans as well if you've lived your whole life in America sure your parents are Korean and you may love Korean food and you're probably familiar with Korean holidays and things but I think at the core you probably feel more American than anything else yeah and I think for me because I spent most of my childhood outside of Korea even though I feel very Korean, there is a part of me that's always going to be different. And like you, when I'm living in Korea, sometimes I feel like I don't really, like I'm a foreigner here, like I'm just different, like I'm programmed differently, you know? And I think that troubled me for a very long time, but now I'm finally at a place where I'm okay with the differences and yeah it sounds like you've got into a sort of a, a better place as well during your time here maybe <laughs> yeah right um and i totally get what you were saying at the beginning for me i was really experiencing this um, um existential crisis i can say mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah being looking so much korean but not being korean and not even speaking language i think it was most uh, the biggest maybe issue for me mm-hmm. to yeah to identify myself well, with my korean side uh, nowadays um well i still crave my uh, kaza side kaza culture and maybe people who speak the same language with me like russian or kaza uh but it became less critical, mm-hmm. <laughs> I might say, yeah. And yeah, they say like language is the, the easiest way to understand the culture, right? So I think with learning language more and more, I kind of try to understand culture as well. And yeah, and also having a kid, mm-hmm. um, it, it was... Um, also a turning point I think because nowadays I have to accept that I am Korean and I have a Korean husband and I live in a Korean society and <laughs> I have to also observe some of the Korean um, yeah, cultural things mm-hmm. <laughs> otherwise it, it's not possible to live here mm-hmm. or be a foreigner for the rest of my life I don't really like this feeling so yeah mm. do you speak to your son in Russian or Kazakh? Oh, uh, yeah, because I want him to know at least two languages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's really fluent in Russian these days because he was born uh, in Kazakhstan too. Ah, okay. <laughs> Due to the pandemic, yeah, he was born in Kazakhstan and we live, were living there for a couple of years. Yeah. So we just came to Korea and we just moved in Korea. And, um, mm, He's learning Korean with me, uh, with his dad. 
uh, but still he prefers Russian too. <laughs> Just like me. Uh, yeah. Wow, I'm I'm very interested to see how your son grows up and talks about his Korean identity. <laughs> oh yeah, I sometimes think about this too because mm-hmm. nowadays he is similar to me. Mm-hmm. He also also was born in Kazakhstan. He also speaks Russian as his first language, but he moved to Korea in this like young age, so. Mm, yeah, definitely it will change uh, things for him. I, I wonder if he actually remembers about his, like, Kazakhstan past. <laughs> or oh. his, like, yeah. Um, well, I don't know. Well, yeah. well um, <laughs> let's, let's see. One thing's for sure, your son is a third culture kid. <laughs> yeah. Whether he likes it or not. <laughs> Let me move on to... The next question, which is, uh, name a place that informed your taste in the arts. So, uh, this is like a side note, but whenever I think of you, I always remember those really beautiful Kazakh dresses that Uh, you used to wear to events. And I think you also like wore it to like a fashion show in Dongdaemun as well. Yeah, so I think that's what I associate with you and your fashion sense but fashion included where do you think you develop your taste in the arts it's like really good question and i was thinking about it uh, sometime when i was preparing for this interview because logically i think it was in kazakhstan uh, where i got the most knowledge of uh, every aspect of art literature music yeah fine arts but also i can think um, of my years which I spent in Korea because they were really full of this like exhibitions and events and artistic artistic presence and uh, even fashion shows which wasn't really imaginable for me back in time so absorbed lots of influence from Korean art and culture and Korean fashion and yeah I became a big fan actually of Korean contemporary art uh, also traditional but traditional is a little bit um, not so familiar and I, I cannot really associate myself with this like Korean uh, ancient uh, or Korean past mm-hmm. uh, culture but Korean modern and contemporary art is like really something which I like and something which I'm really excited to see whenever I have time and um, yeah I used to be a really big um, museum and um, just like gallery goer uh, nowadays not so much but I'm trying to actually g- grab my son and go mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah to kind of teach him um, <laughs> some arts and teach him like the sense of beauty oh, of course it doesn't really well <laughs> so good so easy mm-hmm. but I'm planning to continue on this mm-hmm. um, after he goes to Orientip <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'll get to see a lot of things uh, growing up with you as a mom. Because, yeah, if ever you travel back to Kazakhstan or travel through Central Asia or even Europe, you know, you pick up all of those all of those things growing up as a kid. So, wait, so <clears throat> those um those uh, dresses that I've seen you wear before are those traditional Kazakh dresses? Yeah, they are. Uh, although the last one, which I were wearing for the fashion show, 
Uh, it's a little bit like a modernized version of the traditional castle dress. Mm-hmm. And actually, it was designed by my sister. Oh, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, for her... Yeah, for her art project in, in the university, she had to make some like a design, a really modern design of a traditional dress. And um, once they actually made it, she asked me if I can wear it or, I don't know, present it somewhere. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I decided why not? Fashion show is like a good way to right. show some, <laughs> yeah, some nice dresses you have. And um, I think it was a success. Because um, lots of people were asking me to take pictures of this dress, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you don't mind, I'd love to share pictures of that fashion show as part of the the photos that I share with the interview. Because um, absolutely, yeah. Because I, I think it. it's like a very good representation of who you are in some ways. Because you know, Dongdaemun is very futuristic, so it's like. Against the backdrop of modern Korea, there you are in this uh, Kazakh traditional dress. Yeah, I mean, you're a combination of all these things. So, yeah, I think it's very cool. Thank you. <laughs> I also do love hanboks, uh, by the way. Oh, yeah? <laughs> but people don't really ask me to wear hanboks in the fashion shows. So <laughs> 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 Just yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm really open to all these like, proposals. <laughs> if anyone's listening, uh, Maya's very open to hanbok fashion shows as well. <laughs> Please give her a call. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, the next question is i'm actually very interested to hear your answer out of all the places you've lived pick a favorite city yeah um again i was thinking about this question for some time um and i was thinking about seoul as well but i do love seoul uh but i think my home is astana which is the capital of Kazakhstan, where I spent my university years and um, just started working and started being adult. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's Astana for the time being. Mm. Yeah, I, I find like your university years and then your early adult years, it has a very big impression on you. So, I think so yeah mm. i think it was the most important years in my life um like in terms of really in influence and um like uh, formation of my identity yeah mm. how does astana compare to your hometown oh it's just really different completely different uh, my small town is um it's first of all small <laughs> and uh, uh, it's kind of boring. I, yeah, honestly, I don't really like it because I was always bored there. And even now, when I visit my parents, whenever I visit my parents, it's really boring. I just stay in my ha- parents' house. <laughs> and can you imagine? Uh, I had to spend like two years, almost three years, in there with my like parents, uh, helping me with the baby. Oh, it was really, really hard for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, uh, and Astana is the capital. It's um, really fast-growing, um, really fashionable. I, I can even say it's city. Um, it's not young, but um, it became capital just like a decade ago. So 
yeah, everything is new, modern, and yeah, people there look like um, people from America or West, like other Western countries, because they're just like so. Um, also fashionable, also uh, busy all the time uh, doing their works um, in the coffee shops, and yeah. So I just like the rhythm rhythm of the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, although it became a little bit, um, I'd say, um, not really friendly, people friendly, since uh, it became a capital, and. Uh, because people come for work mm-hmm. just like in Seoul yeah so they try to pursue their like dreams uh, careers and um, everyone is just busy yeah other than that I I think I like the vibes of the city yeah mm-hmm. yeah I'd love to visit sometime and I didn't know it was such a young capital but yeah that always happens in a big city people I think forget that you know we're all part of a community people are sort of like driven by their goals and I remember when I first moved back to Seoul I was so shocked like I I was waiting in line to get on a bus and Mm, I was kind of like taking my time to get on and people like pushed me and I I I missed my bus because Oh, people were oh, so, so people were so fast and they were pushing and they were like in a hurry and I, I was just sort of stood there like what like you know <laughs> but that's yeah. but that's soul for you so it took me a while to catch up with the speed of how things work in soul it's real fast <laughs> yeah really fast <laughs> okay let me move on to the next set of questions which deals specifically with uh, being a third culture kid uh, the first yeah. question is, uh, when did you first hear the term third culture kid and realize you maybe were one? I think first was here in Korea. Because, <laughs> oh. yeah, because it makes sense for me because um, Kazakhstan is so multinational and multicultural country that it's not a really big thing like growing up with uh, all this other nationalities and sharing their cultural uh, things, uh, traditions. We even celebrate like um, Christian Christmas, like Orthodox Christian Christmas or like Easter. And they celebrate some like Muslim uh, holidays as well. So it's kind of part of our background. It's, it was easy. And so I never thought I'm so much different mm-hmm. from anybody else. Although my family name yeah, yeah. <laughs> was really different. Uh, yeah, but in Korea, mm, since it's a mononational, monocultural country, yeah, uh, still, um, it was mm, just a real realization that, um, yeah, I maybe have more uh, cultures in me than just Korea, like just um, statistically speaking like average Korean person mm-hmm. uh, so yeah and I just yeah I just started um, thinking about this um, maybe um, shared some conversations with uh, other people about this and yeah I just realized maybe I am <laughs> mm-hmm. um, do you think maybe life would have been easier for you if your mom was Korean and your dad was Kazakh, which would have meant that you would have had a Kazakh last name. 
like that you you because you keep talking about you know that your last name Lee, which might have been the source of all of your woes as a as a kid. Could be actually a really interesting aspect because um, um, some side story. Uh, when I was um, studying in my high school, middle school, yeah, I think um, I was uh, participating in some contests, language contests. Um, as a Korean, I was speaking Kazakh there, and of course, looking at my family name, people were like judges were thinking that I am Korean mm. and, and oh this Korean speaks so good Kazakh wow so I usually got like the first places <laughs> prizes and everything but yeah <laughs> my teacher was never say your mom's Kazakh okay yeah <laughs> got you um yeah so maybe it could be life-changing or um, just at least helping me to really uh, identify myself more with um, just Kazakh and not being like confused all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, What's a very like common Kazakh last name? I think Akhmetov, maybe Akhmetova. <laughs> yeah, Akhmetov. Yeah, because it's it's really common. <laughs> so it's like a Kim or a Lee. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to repeat it, but it's, it sounds very difficult. Ach, ach mir taf? Yeah, yeah, oh. exactly. So if you are Maya Achmirtaf, maybe, you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Things would have played out a little be, different. It would be just Kazakh. <laughs> Normal Kazakh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, the next question is, what's the hardest thing about being a TCK? Oh, I think this kind of struggle, <laughs> um, internal struggle, <laughs> when yeah, when you think like um, yeah, I, I, I think as a Kazakh, um, I my like cultural background is Kazakh, but I don't really speak that much of Kazakh. Normally, um, even with my Kazakh friends, we speak Russians most of the time, mm-hmm. and which is. Actually, something um, from our Soviet Union past, uh, because uh, Russia was um, the, the most important and powerful, influential country in that Soviet Union, and so this like colonization policy uh, made other countries in Central Asia to abandon their culture for the most part, language and um, literature and everything. Um, so yeah, so people were just like naturally speaking Russian language and trying to um, assimilate with Russian culture. And nowadays, um, we like Kazakhstan go through decolonization pro- process, which um, means they're trying to like re relieve, yeah, really reminiscent um, on uh, their Kazakhness and um, speaking Kazakh more, but. Um, as a, I don't know, some part of their past, they still speak Russian. They still think in Russian, mm-hmm. and most of their um, yeah cultural and um, the thinking is still from that era. Yeah, and um, this also influences me <laughs> as a yeah. yeah yeah the person who was born uh, in this like transitional period. 
Um, actually, I was born in the same year when Kazakhstan uh, got the independence. But um, yeah, I was raised more like a Soviet Union kid, I think. And uh, yeah, this also kind of influence um, not just me, but I think all the people from Central Asia. And plus, being half Korean mm-hmm. <laughs> also influences uh, me uh, being half Korean and not speaking Korean. <laughs> and now living in Korea where everyone just knows just one um, type of um, set of things, uh, cultural things. Uh, the mindset is just one <laughs> one way. And the language is also um, just one. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm trying to adjust myself to this new reality. Oh, man. You're born in Kazakhstan, but you're raised uh, in the Russian language, like during a transitional period. But on top of that, you have a Korean last name, um, but you don't speak Korean at home. So it's just, yeah, I can see how that must be so confusing for a kid. Um, yeah, again, as I was saying, it wasn't really confusing from the beginning, but um, more like adult, early adulthood. Yeah, yeah I think. Yeah. yeah, and uh, coming to Korea. <laughs> right, right. Because um, when when everyone is multicultural, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Wait, so are kids in Kazakhstan these days, do they go to school and learn Kazakh, or are they still educated in Russian? Uh, actually, we have choice. Okay. Uh, my kids there have choice. They can speak, they can uh, learn in Kazakh or in Russian or in English even. Oh, wow. So, oh, nowadays we have like, yeah, three languages. Even some schools are three languages schools. So, yeah. You can, yeah, some simultaneously learn three languages. Yeah, but, you know, most people, they still, even if they learn um, Kazakh and speak Kazakh in their houses, mm-hmm. they still know Russian. Maybe not perfectly, but they still know Russian and speak Russian. Nowadays, uh, of course, government tries to change this policy more to Kazakh language side. Uh, but I think not yet. Mm-hmm. Many people still yeah Mm -hmm. i'm still speak russian i think in the future it might change especially in the light of this like uh, russia ukraine war Mm -hmm. which actually really changed a lot like it became really like big big tension for um, even russian people living in kazakhstan because yeah um, I'm not really into political um, conversations, but uh, this is like really important even for our country because nowadays um, about 200,000 Russian people came to Kazakhstan and um, like economically speaking, um, the situation is not really going that well for Kazakhstan as well with this like war. And our president doesn't really want to support this war, but uh, yet he has some like obligation. And we were supporting Russia for a long time. And even um, this like policy of changing more to Kazakh language, Russian people uh, kind of understand it differently. Like we are trying to abandon them uh, or the past. Mm-hmm. And then they don't really understand that the past was actually colonization. 
Mm -hmm. wasn't really kind of past. It was something which we had, we were pushed to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, because I actually have their own culture and their own language. And it's really complicated for people as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Colonization. I mean, I think even for Korea, it's, it's a messy process, just like getting back on your feet and reclaiming your language and your culture and all of that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it takes time more than anything else. Actually, the problem with this, um, with the Korean, um, the, the occupation, um, Japanese occupation, that uh, my ancestors, they actually left Korea at that time. Mm-hmm. And they kind of moved to far east to Russia and this area. And then further on, they were deported to Central Asia. So I, I'm not really proud of this meaning that my ancestors actually ran away and left the country. Uh, yeah. Well, of course, uh, I cannot really um, share this responsibility or uh, apologize for them. But uh, yeah, just thinking of this, it's not, it wasn't really easy decision for them, I think, as well. Yeah. Within their country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I- I'm sure they had their reasons for doing so at the time. Well, I guess on a happier note, uh, what's something you love? <laughs> I'm really sorry that our conversation became so much political and sad. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I think it's a necessary thing to talk about, especially now. And you read a lot about Ukraine and Russia in the news these days, but not as much about how this war is affecting other post-Soviet uh, nations. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy that you were able to share your insight on that. But yeah, I, I think, yeah, the next question is also important because obviously there are two sides to the coin. So uh, what's something you love about being a multicultural person who is also a, a third culture kid? Actually, I love it. <laughs> mm. Me too. Despite, <laughs> despite all these uh, complaints <laughs> I was mentioning before, mm. I actually love being a multicultural kid, a cultural kid, because uh, I share lots of uh, mindsets and cultures in me, and um, it just gives more dimensions, I think, to the region. Yeah, and... It's just easier to understand people from other backgrounds as well. Mm. Um, yeah, it kind of gives you more open-mindedness, maybe. Yeah. Um, I can't say I'm like really cosmopolitan, cosmopolitan person, like really open to every possible like mindset. But still, it's, yeah, it's a little bit easier to accept other people's values. Yeah, mm. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a, a sentiment that's shared by most of us. Yeah, this this ability to relate to people, but also yeah, knowing that you can live anywhere and yeah, connect with people on a very personal level. Hmm. Okay, well, uh, the the final question in the TCK questionnaire is: Where is home for you? Um. Hmm. I think yeah, it's still Astana. I still love it. Love it. Um, I still want to come back. Um, uh, every time I'm in Kazakhstan. 
But also Seoul, yeah, I like going to Seoul a lot. Um, if I have time and chance <laughs> nowadays, uh, yeah, because it's um, it just um, gives me some rhythm to my life too. Because when um, when you're just a housewife or then um, this repetitive routine thing with the kids, it kind of I kind of feel like I'm living in a vacuum, <laughs> in a limbo. <laughs> so I just need this um, little bit of fresh air and um, yeah, some other wives in my life. <laughs> so give gives it to me. I guess I I did want to ask you. You mentioned that you don't plan on staying in Korea for too long, and that you you do want to go back to Kazakhstan. And uh, yeah, so like, what sort of your plan i mean i i kind of expected it i didn't think you would live in korea forever so yeah if you can give us a little glimpse of the maya plan <laughs> oh well there's no uh, maya plan like solid <laughs> stable maya plan yet <laughs> but um i'm just thinking i'm just wondering what it look like if I go and do my PhD in the US mm -hmm. uh, yeah because the US also was one of the countries which I always thought about as the place for my study and I actually had a chance to go there and study when I was um, uh, when I was in my last senior year of bachelor I think yeah and I actually won the scholarship and I was planning to go to Texas A&M because I had a professor there who were kind of inviting me to study. Uh, but then the, um, the conditions of this uh, scholarship is kind of harsh. You have to um, put the, uh, your apartment or any other, um, yeah, any other like value you have um, as, a, like as a loan, uh, something for this uh, study. Um, and it wasn't, it was, I wasn't really sure at that time, uh, if I'm going to succeed <laughs> in the study. So, um, yeah, I was, um, a little bit afraid <laughs> for my parents <laughs> to lose, the, um, uh, their apartment. So I decided not to, but, uh, since that time, I think, uh, I was just sure that one time, um, somehow I will be able to do it again without um, this kind of publications mm. yeah what what were you going to study uh i was going to study at that time i was going to study my major biotechnology uh planned biotechnology but uh, uh but later on um nowadays i'm thinking about um communication uh, media because <laughs> i changed <laughs> the major okay um, oh. Okay. Well, I'm I'm sure uh now that, you know, I mean, the pandemic is still ongoing, but you know, we can travel more freely. So, yeah, for me anyways, just the ability to like book a flight somewhere um has expanded my world suddenly. So, I'm once again daydreaming about, oh, maybe I can go study in Europe or, you know, go to the US and this sort of thing. So, yeah, hopefully for you, those sort of options open up again in the near yeah, future. Yeah, I really hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, wow. Um, well, yeah, today talking to you has been really fascinating. I hope, you know, the next time when we grab lunch or coffee that we can sort of continue on this conversation. Because yeah. like I mentioned before, when we had the chance to sit down and talk to each other before, it was always mostly about Korea. And yeah. yeah, obviously Korea is a big part of you, but as it turns out, there's so much else in there <laughs> swirling around. And yeah. that's what this podcast is about, essentially. I talk to all sorts of people who've you know, moved from place to place throughout their lives. And for each of us, there's this like swirling maze of different identities and languages and yeah this uncertainty about who we are but yeah I think the more I talk about it the more okay it becomes so yeah thank you for sharing your story with me and our listeners today thank you thank you for inviting me really it's such a good chance to think to just sit and think about myself yeah. uh, when uh, most of the time now I just think about something else <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and really kind of give myself a um, second thought of what I experienced in this life and uh, yeah just realize who I am essentially thank you so much oh <laughs> thank you time yeah and I don't know if I mentioned this in the intro, but yeah, you're the first guest from Central Asia. And hopefully I'll get to talk to a lot more people or guests from that region. So Me too. Yeah, thank you for... Yeah, hopefully you know, I'm not the last. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully, you know, uh, we kick it off and uh, start a whole new train <laughs> of other people Yay. from that region. And uh, yeah, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. And we will see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs>